0: Welcome to the podcast, Cutting for Sign. I'm Ron Cecil, men's life coach and writer, together with my co-host, best friend and artist, Daniel Penner-Klein. Throughout our lives and as friends over the past decade, we've asked, how do we find the clues and puzzle pieces that align us with our higher potential? Join us as we converse with experts, artists, adventurers, mental health professionals, and fellow deep thinkers as we cut for sign and attune our own potential, mental health, and creativity.
1: Call him the devil. The Yavapai call him eyes like the sky.
0: hey welcome to Cutting for Sign. Daniel, you're in a new place. Which I is up leveled quite a bit, man.
1: Well, we want we is a stretch. Well, one of us. What ten. happens to one of us happens <laughs> to both of us in the situation. So, oh yeah, forgot. Sorry, teamwork. <laughs>
0: I'm holding on to your cake, you <laughs> asshole.
1: There is no Ron in TEAM. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I get to look like a professional uh, and actually be a professional. You know what? It's like seriously. This goes to one of my my like theories about life is and you and I were recently talking about this where if you if you work on the substance and and the like uh the integrity of something you're doing Mm. the outside can follow right you can do it the opposite too right where you just build the thing and then the inside comes but I I do feel like you and I have kind of done the first version of that where we're just like you know, working the craft and mm-hmm. repping it out and building, putting the pieces in place. And then, you know, and then the world throws you a bone every <laughs> once in a while <laughs> and you get to, you get to level up. So
0: dude, it's interesting that you, you, uh, say it like that. I think that's a little bit what's what our guest that's coming on in a few minutes has experienced where he spent huh. years working out his craft and trying really hard. You know, he's in a, an industry that is, um, you know, very popular and it's, it's out there all the time. And, and the guy was grinding and he seemed to be doing it the right way though. Like doing the inner work, really trying to keep his integrity in the process. And, and then as he said, the uh, algorithm gods smiled upon him. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe that's maybe that's what we're experiencing too right now like the av gods <laughs> are smiling upon us and helping us out the
1: divine algorithm gods. yeah you know uh that's a good point you know um you know for listeners this part, portion of what ron and i do is called the draw cutting for sign is a uh, old tracking term that means just seeing signs uh that whatever you're tracking leaves and then following it would be cutting it and um you know the draw would be kind of using a an archery um, an archery preparatory thing that you would do <laughs> uh, once you got the thing in sights. And today we got Steve Lutzk in the sights, and um, you know, so we just use this portion to talk a little bit about what you know we're interested in and what might um, you know what might be valuable to uh, us and to you know listeners and to Steve. And I think that you know you and I were chatting a little earlier that uh that grind and then the you know he he did something with his name the name of his business that kind of caused you know one Saturday, or two things yeah. all came together yeah. to to create something but also the earlier part of his journey well, we had a brief conversation with him a week or so ago and and um you know it sounds like he kind of went went through something which is something we're always curious about the value you know his was around drugs and alcohol and so yeah, I'm curious about that. What do you what do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very curious about that his past experience. The other thing I was noticing with his story too is is you both have a history of of uh, training as a drug and mm. physical training as a drug and excessive training. And I'm curious about that and seeing what's coming up for both of you around that.
1: That's a great point. What a great point. Yeah. A nice connection. Yeah. yeah. I that's I would love to talk about that and um you know, because I think instead of you know drugs and alcohol get demonized yeah. because they're easily abused yeah. substances yeah. right yeah. but really and obvi- this is obvious to most people these days which is something I think is great the 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 vehicle of addiction the thing you're addicted to god that can be anything right yeah. like almost anything
0: yeah 100% and i and i in this time of our history where we heroize Uh, Maybe that's not the right word, but where we, you know, I think we get it. Something like that. Uh, Athletes in particular, and especially folks who kind of came out of a, a, like they lost a lot of weight or they weren't, they were weak and now they're strong, those kinds of transformations. And I don't know his, his exactly, but in society we see that. And then, and then they start training every day. You know, maybe that we call that the Goggins, Goggins phenomenon now where someone goes from one, one position to another but then they're in it to a point that maybe it's not beneficial anymore and there's a, then there's a lot of controversy like well is it good or not a good yeah uh but for you and i man as a couple of guys in our early 40s we're realizing like everything has to be tempered otherwise we're just gonna injure the shit out of ourselves, hurt ourselves, burn out one of those things and i think that's probably true for most humans, (laughs) we need, we need some temperance and we need to, uh, have some modifications of the things that we want to go whole hog in.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, right. Balance, harmony, um, congruency, uh, you know, all of these, I'm much more interested in not interested. I personally, that's what works to sustain me and my life and mental health. Like the difference between physical and mental is, has become very fucky, you know, <laughs> very, very like, well, I don't, I can't really tell. Yeah. Um, and, and if I take care of one of those things, um, it feeds the other. And if I d- neglect some aspect of one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Y- you experience this too. I, you know, it's actually you and me, Ron, this is something I've noticed that you've inspired and kind of mm. led me, uh, to make more, uh, to take more seriously and to lean on more and to value more, which yeah. is it's time now to. We've done a lot of, I've done a lot of talking, I think, over the years and, you know, to some extent walking. Oh,
0: I thought you were just talking about right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> um, uh, but I, it's time for me. The stakes feel higher. It's like Steve Maxwell, one of our other guests, said he's a, another fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, one time we were talking about a diet, and then he mentioned cheat days for people, mm-hmm. and he goes, he goes, I used to do a cheat day, and he just, "I don't do it anymore." Mm-hmm. And we were saying why?" And he goes,, "It's not worth it. you know The, the effect is different than the effect used to be 10 years ago, and it, it just yeah. it's not worth it anymore.
0: Yeah Oh, it looks like Steve is here. Let's welcome him in. Steve Lutz, you are a fitness coach and creator of the dad bod solution, you were once depressed self medicating and dependent on excessive use of drugs and alcohol. After years of failing health programs, trying diets and working out excessively, you began a lengthy period of research, which led you to the creation of your own program. One that despite its busy schedule and your own genetics transformed you into someone living at their physical peak performance. Steve, you believe investing in solutions, leaving one's comfort zone, unleashing the inner warrior, and living to the fullest. Steve Lutz, welcome to Cutting for Sign.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, good to see you, man. Good to see you too.
0: Um, One of the things that I loved about your story is that you had kind of a problem of excess in your past, and it carried over not only from maybe, you know, a thing that a lot of us had done and i don't know if you know this about me maybe we talked about it before but i i had to let go of alcohol in my life about nine years ago and have had some run-ins with drugs soft drugs the easy ones um i never got into the hard ones because i had a heart murmur as a kid and even though the stimulants looked cool to me i was always afraid like that one time like that one day i'd touch it like my heart would just be like I'm out.
1: <laughs> That's no joke. I, I did a stimulant relatively recently and my heart, I, I just, the next day I was like, I, I don't know the number, but this took beats off of my, the end of my life. Like,
2: yeah, well, you know, that I felt that. Well, for sure. I mean, as a, I'm a, I'm a Boston sports fan and all you have to do is hear the story about Len <laughs> bias, who supposedly tried crack in the first time he ever tried it. Oh, it's is when his, heart uh, gave out on them really? and that was enough to scare me from ever wow. picking up a crack pipe so uh, <laughs> people that yeah if you have a heart condition something you want to stay away from for sure
0: yeah yeah and then and then um it seems like maybe i don't want to move on too quickly from the drugs and alcohol but yeah. but it seems like like a lot of folks getting into fitness can almost become its own drug Right. Like it can, it can take over. You can excessively train, become kind of, um, a, uh, an addiction. I mean, for lack of a better word, did you find yourself in that same, same place?
2: Uh, never to the point where it was it was unhealthy. Never uh at the level of DJ Tanner in that episode of Full House where she collapses oh, on the I'm So excited.
1: From <laughs> <laughs> first full house reference on 64 Oh no, that episodes. was yeah. oh, first
2: that's, most of my references come from eighties and nineties TV. Okay. So I hope you hope you're ready for that. No, um, I mean they're definitely good things to be for lack of a better term, addicted to, and then they are bad things to be addicted to. And uh, I, I used to c- kind of drink in excess mm. and it w- found it wasn't working for me uh, for a lot of reasons. So exercise and uh, proper eating has is, is definitely taken taken the place of that. And it's, it's changed my life for the better, for sure. Um, not to say that I never drink. I'll have a drink on occasion, but I don't drink nearly as much as uh, I used yeah. to. And a big reason for that is so you get into your thirties, those, those hangovers hit pretty damn hard, man. Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's kind of a natural deterrent. That's the truth.
1: So, so Steve, if I could ask, uh, you know, sometimes, um, we change the thing that we, uh, do, um, to potentially to excess, but it doesn't always have to be to excess, but maybe our it issues, uh, some of the underlying issues of why we did those things in the first place, te- you know, maybe they'll follow us into this new mm. thing we do or new realm, and maybe they'll get a little bit better or they're less in charge of our our of our mind while we do this little this new thing, you know, so things can kind of get better through time. I've noticed that. Like I'll I'm doing uh hot yoga right now, you know, is really? something that I'm more in that's checking a lot of boxes for me. And I noticed that, you know, it's easy to still do it too much or too hard or be abusive to my body through it or neglectful or not listen. But I certainly am not doing that as much as I did when I was uh, doing a lot of martial arts or a lot of running or a lot of dance. These are three other movement modalities or uh, things I got into. Do you do you notice um, that 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 might be happening in any way in your life? I I don't know if that's something that you think a lot about or if that's that does that even make sense?
2: (laughs) It it makes sense. And, And here's the thing: exercise as well kind of has a a natural limiting factor. Here's the thing: when I exercise, I want to make it. I want, I want myself to feel good. And if you're working out 90 minutes a day, seven days a week, you're not going to feel good. You're, you're overtraining. There's going to be um, you know, a point of diminished return. So I've done a pretty good job at, at finding that balance. So instead of working out hard seven days a week, maybe I'll do something active seven days a week, but only three or four of those are, are going to be hard. So there is kind of a, a natural... Uh, restrictor played on it in, in my life especially
1: mm. have you have you heard of a fitness trainer named steve maxwell
2: uh that name sounds familiar but uh, you're gonna have to uh, he's more
1: it. of a longevity he's a fitness trainer and then he he's he, pri- he was primarily known for a long time for jiu but i bring him up because he's also gotten into longevity um and in part because he's excuse old. Me. <laughs> well, that, that I mean, there's people who are into longevity who are in their mid 30s, sure. and that's like yeah. their whole thing. Like Ben yeah. Greenfield, you know, have you heard Ben Greenfield?
2: I know Ben Greenfield, and then there's that other guy that's um, he got me into the true niagin. Uh, I, it's his name's blanking me, he's uh, the the famous longevity guy. I read about him in oh, time. Hmm. Uh I'll think of his name I, in a second. But yeah, Steve yeah, Maxwell Steve is kind of a Ben
1: Greenfield type of guy. Uh well no, that's not true. I've I asked uh, Steve um because we've had we've had him on on this episode or this uh podcast and Uh, taken some some uh, movement sessions with him and i one day i asked him about (laughs) ben greenfield and it's a really interesting experience asking a person about one of their rivals you know and um and he was like who did was not into ben greenfield's um uh he called him what the hell was that word it was the word that meant you are that you it's kind of like a snake oil's snake oil salesperson sure. you know everything is pseudoscience everything is um do this flashy new thing and it'll do the thing um it kind of sounds like sophist but uh it's something like that but I, I bring up steve maxwell because you know he talks a lot about um essentially is a place in his life of balance and what i just yeah. heard from you around you know hard training days um i was kind of curious because your uh product is very specifically uh, geared toward you know men dropping a particular look, which, which means a lot of weight. Uh, yep. The One of the first things that comes to my mind is that would potentially be like a really rigorous um, uh, program to put them through. And I'm curious if that program is something that is very rigorous and then there's a tapering off and it's a little bit different and sustainable and mellows yeah. out. Um, and also, Second part of the question would be where are you in your own program? And and that sort of do you have you found a rhythm and a balance and maybe a little bit of what that looks like?
2: Yeah, sure. So to answer your question, yeah, a lot of guys will sign up for my program. My program is 16 weeks long and they're geared up. Yeah. They think they're going to be training the hardest they've ever trained. And it turns out the hardest part when you're a busy guy, yeah. when you're in your 30s, your 40s, or beyond, you have a lot of responsibilities, the toughest part is just scheduling and not just scheduling a, of the workouts but also scheduling of of your meals and what yeah. time you're going to go to the grocery store or, and what yes. time you're going to do meal prep so what they've found actually is that if you're trying to lose weight um and I, i've been cre- kind of creating content around this just to hammer in the point if you're trying to lose weight exercise is a a terrible way to go about it Uh, There's only a certain limit as to how much weight you're going to lose from exercise alone. And the big thing is going to be diet. So if if guys sign up for my program thinking I'm going to give them these crazy, insane workouts where they're going to be lying on a pool of their own sweat and they're going to lose 30 pounds in in 90 days just from exercise, the reality is that my program is more of a habit change program and and trying to figure out how to incorporate healthy eating and a sustainable workout program into your life. And I face the same challenges. I own my own business. Yeah, Right now I'm a one-man show. My business is growing. So I'm in, in the process of, of hiring people to take the load off my plate, but it's been an ongoing struggle. People assume that it's easy for me to, uh, to work out or to eat healthy because I'm a trainer, but I face the same types of of challenges. Um, I have to plan out my schedule at the beginning of the week. I, I know what time I'm doing this podcast, I know what time I have to eat and prepare my meals mm. because of this podcast. For for example, I, yeah. I I have to create content. So I I can't just go into my kitchen and, and take 30 minutes to cook a meal. I have to take a couple of days out of the week to prepare my food ahead of time. Yeah. I have to go on Sunday. I'd rather be watching football, but I'm at the grocery store, grocery shopping because I know I'm not gonna do it. And mm. I guess my program is all about teaching guys how to manage their time so that mm-hmm. they can can fit all these things into their their busy lifestyle. Man, I uh, wanted, my... I, I'm gonna yeah, go first stop you, dude.
0: Uh, <laughs> one okay. of uh, the things that I've had a personal problem with a lot, and I've had my own health journey. I, I had the dad bod problem myself. I'm 42 years old. I've got two kids, been married for yeah. a long time. And, um, and, I, and a lot of the, what helped me lose 40 pounds and keep it off was um all of those small habits changes that you just described um and prioritizing our time and things like that and yet and Damn. yet and yet this is where i want to get to and kind of give you another question around this is uh maybe it's my addictive personality maybe it's the part of my brain that says one is nice but ten is better um, yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> but that man i have a real history and the injuries to prove it of Getting into something, whether I climb, I was a pretty avid rock climber for over 20 years, uh, that I cool. got into training for marathons and, and then jujitsu. And I have a, you know, kind of these like moments in my history where I thought today we're going full on, we're going full yeah. out. And, and that would be the moment like a, a ring, you know, a tendon pops in my, in my sure. finger or mm. my shoulder goes out or, Oof. um, Uh, You know, I could keep going. There is this fantasy, I think, in a lot of us that we think, like, man, if I can just go into beast mode all the time, uh, that'll fix my problems. That'll get me to where I want to be. And and honestly, it's been a big part of my friendship with Daniel, who I think was living in that world when he was uh, a uh, high level runner, distance runner, and got himself into some harm, and then he he and i've been friends for over a decade and he saw me kind of in my fever pitch of training a couple of years ago i was training for half dome which is a, a big wall in yosemite
2: yeah
0: and most people take that climb and do it in three days they sleep on the wall and and my brain type was like you know what let's do this motherfucker in one day yeah. and and i was training f- three definitely four to five days a week and somewhere between two and three hours sometimes more a day to do that and it was just by i don't know dumb luck that i didn't get injured running up to that thing but what do you think that is because it's not like it's not like we and maybe i should be asking myself the same question it's not like it's a shortcut right like it's definitely harder to do but what is that about us that we think is it like Punishment? Do we want to punish ourselves? Do we want to just be tough? Do we want to be like like,
1: asking the big question? I'm right? a
0: warrior. Like I'm, I'm proven. <laughs> you know, like what is that? What shit is that, man? Is that like some? I don't know.
2: Not sure the exact science, but I yeah. do know that beast mode feels good. <laughs> and working, working really hard and yeah. training like you're in a, a Rocky movie feels good every once in a while. But I also know that that's. That's not sustainable. Um it really yeah. isn't. So yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. Training for a marathon's awesome, but you, you you're not constantly training for a marathon for the rest of your life. If you're going to do a, a I don't know, a three-month training program, yeah. then that's that's great. You can do it for three months. You, you do the marathon, then you go back to something that's more in line with something long term. So um I think it's kind of a primal thing. We wanna do hard work yeah. and but also, we we also want to get results as as fast as yeah, as we can. That's true. Um, if if there was a way to make a million dollars in in one month, you would grind it out and and put in all the work to yeah. to to work sixteen hours a day or twenty hours a day to make that million dollars. And and people treat their fat loss the same way. Oh, well, why why do it? Why take six months when I can do it and. In six weeks, but the, the reality is the body just doesn't respond to to exercise that way. Yeah. It's, it makes a, a much better, uh, more sustainable approach. So you're better off working out three days a week, but making small improvements within those workouts from workout to workout. So adding five pounds to your your squat or adding 10 pounds to your bench press i don't like
0: what you're saying i want to add a whole plate to my squat yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah for sure No, who doesn't Give me want that to add a hammy injury i love yeah. that hammy injury so please bad. what's the fast track to hurting myself <laughs> i know i know so that's that's another thing i have to to get into my clients heads yeah. that it, if, if you're 30 pounds overweight the the, the, the weight didn't go on overnight and it's not going to come off overnight so doing two days isn't going to serve you short term or long term yeah. so well, those- a,
1: a couple of things come to my mind there too you know uh the idea that the body and the mind are inextricably linked you know potentially more than yeah. than the those words really separate them and i always think um i heard this quote in a book one time it said the body is the subconscious and i thought wow mm-hmm. that you know that's that's a I feel like there's some truth there, maybe you could change that to the body, reflects the subconscious mm-hmm. um but point being like <clears throat> I'm pretty fascinated with how to change you know all three of us are how do we change our lives? you know how do I increase the quality yeah. of my life yeah um longevity the qual- the quality of my life right and and um to when I ask myself that question, I answer it. Well, I need to change my subconscious because at least where I'm landing in my, in my life, the the subconscious is driving a lot of the time, you know? And so, okay, if I really want to change the way my life is deeply instead of just the way it looks on the outside, how do I do that? Oh, I heard this quote one day, the body is a subconscious. Yeah, I feel that. Well, how about if I change my body, you know, and I get to the subconscious through that? Well, what I've noticed, and I think it's one of the reasons I was interested in your material is you can change the body quickly, but it goes back. And a lot of times that's what happens. And it goes back because maybe there wasn't an inner supportive change, a habitual, you know, sustainable change. And so I really appreciate hearing anybody who is, has a program or is creating something around sustained change. And I I understand that there are plenty of people who have changed their body permanently and they, maybe they haven't changed. It's not a perfect science. Right. But I do appreciate that you are addressing um, integration of habits and long term, you know, effects. Yeah.
2: Well, I can, I can, that's a big part of my program is, well, the the very first thing I tell my guys is before you change your body, you got to change your mind. So yeah, it's important to have uh, a good plan, a good blueprint to get there. But even more important than that is to have a meaningful, deep reason. Um, so yeah, what I found is that just trying to get in shape for a vacation or uh <laughs> a, an event. Yeah. That's gonna get you to the event and you're gonna go hard until that event, but yeah. that's that's not really powerful. Those superficial reasons aren't 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 gonna aren't gonna cut it long term. So you you have for for my own personal life. I mean, I watched both of my grandfathers die of of heart disease. So I figured, well, I better start taking my care of my body right now. I'm gonna genetically have the same type of ticker that they had. So it's important that I I get this handled, and that that's one of the reason that reasons that keeps me going. Um, I don't have a family yet, but guys link working out and taking care of their bodies to being able to support their their family and being able to show up with a lot of energy and being a role model to their their young kids. That's going to get you going. That's going to get you through workouts that you necessarily wouldn't want to do, or or eating a healthy meal when you'd rather hit the drive through and have the, the tasty meal for for lack of a better term. So having a, a good reasons the most important thing I found, and then reverse engineering what your goal is and and what are the daily things and weekly things that need to happen to, to get you there in a way that's not going to totally throw your life out of balance.
1: Did you, when you went on the journey uh, like Ron and I are creating a story right now, we're, you know, just using a rough model of like the hero's journey um, the monomyth to outline it. And one of the parts of, of the model we're working off of is, is meeting a threshold. There's a couple of times in the journey that you meet thresholds. And I've experienced a lot. Um, We recently had a guest on Gay Hendricks who wrote a book, uh, The Big Leap, um, that talks about upper limiting, which is you just kind of reach this point a bunch and you just can't get past it no matter what way you get at it. Proverbial glass
0: ceiling kind of situation. Sure.
1: A personal glass ceiling, sure. Um, Have you, did you, and this is a question for you too, Ron, if you want to jump in is, have you had... Uh, an experience of meeting a threshold potentially several times and finally getting through it, or maybe are there's thresholds that you still find yourself meet?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, Not necessarily in the, in the workout space. I mean, well, when you're working out, there are genetic limits to to what you can accomplish. I understand I'm never going to have legs like, like Ronnie Coleman, yet I still (laughs) enjoy doing, Lunges and Bulgarian split squats, and uh, I I have horrible calves, but I still enjoy doing calf raises and just trying to make them a little bit better. So that being said, I enjoy the process of working out. I understand that I'm pretty close to my genetic limits, um, Mm. and and that's fine. It's it's important that you you enjoy the process and and like the feelings that come with it. But that being said, I on the business side of things, I. Yeah, that's, that's been an ongoing thing where I wanted to reach a certain income level and didn't Mm -hmm. think I could. And then you finally get there, you get a coach that I'm a big believer in coaching. I've had half a dozen great coaches that have totally changed my life over the last decade or so. Mm. So sometimes you need somebody to, to help you through or the, just the way you're thinking about that threshold is is what's keeping you back and you need some, a new perspective on it or a new way to, to go about it. So if it's training, maybe you've been doing the totally wrong type of training. So that's what's what's holding you back. And you need yeah. to, you know, instead of doing aqua aerobics, you need to start doing weightlifting. I don't know if that's a great example, but yeah, in business, maybe. Um, you're handling the wrong part of your business and you need to outsource something to free up your time. That's going to really drive the needle forward. So
1: yeah,
2: yeah, I have experienced it. And I'd say the best way to go about reaching, breaking through those thresholds is to find somebody who who has done that. So if you have a certain income level, find somebody who has reached that income level and find out what they're doing. If you see somebody who has the best legs in the world, find out what they're doing. And maybe they can help you with your leg training because what you're doing isn't, isn't serving you. So find someone who's done it, hire them, pay them, whatever, find out what they're doing and, and then implement it into your own life.
0: Yeah, dude, you couldn't have said it better, man. I, I, as I was thinking about my own glass ceilings and the breakthroughs that I've have, have had, um, The ones that have been the most frustrating and have had the least amount of traction or breakthrough in my life have been the ones that I thought I could do on my own. And, and just tried to like, like what, uh, I mean, business would be a great example of just continuing to do the same thing I thought I needed to do on my own, you know, taking like, Oh, that person, I'm going to take a little bit of that thing over there, that little piece of inspiration and um relationship mental health other two other areas like knowing i needed to address my adhd which i didn't get diagnosed until my late 30s and then just being like okay i'm gonna just kind of take these little things and and any time i've experienced real breakthrough like groundbreaking getting out of my own way has been finding that guide which is straight up hero's journey stuff again finding the guide who will come and help us and, Yoda. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and then, like you said, um, do copying what they're doing, essentially, not overthinking it, not, you know, not trying to, I'll, I'll put myself back in this not overthinking what I'm doing, just doing what they say to do, or just doing what they're doing. And, yeah. and realizing And one of my favorite uh, kind of phrases, I have to tell myself, one of my tools with my own levels, a breakthrough has been to talk out loud to myself because my internal voice, my internal little like uh monkey mind likes likes to like just flutter around. But if I can continue to talk to myself, even out loud like this, it helps me a lot to focus in on where I'm going. So if you're around me when I'm by myself, you hear me having a conversation full conversation <laughs> about where I need to be going. And so I say often success leaves clues. Yeah, and I don't have to overthink this. I don't have to come up with something on my own. Like it just—it's right there.
1: You know, it's like again, it wraps back to Steve Maxwell. I remember one of the most uh, powerful and memorable things that he said in our conversation with with him was, mm. "Anytime he wants something in his life, he says it always comes through other people." That's right. Know? I remember that. And obviously, again, that's an all or nothing statement. He probably said it a little bit more nuanced than that. But um, you know, I think that again, when we're trying to change our subconscious, and I know that's just kind of what, the way I see it, you know, those are going to be blind spots. Like one of the best ways to see our subconscious is to have other people who have totally different eyes that have nothing to do with us to uh, observe us. And maybe that's not your closest friends and family because they kind of do reflect the you that already exists. You know, like I love what you said, Steve, about, you know, find someone who is doing the thing that you want to do or the way you would like to do it and having success and just go spend time around them in whatever way you can yeah. and let them make comments. Cause that's your future. That's something that you haven't been spending time around that you want to create starting to chip in. And, and, and that I think is a threshold and a challenge right there. Cause now we're getting into the nitty gritty of it a little bit because maybe your future and the people who live there are like, they're like, do you want anything to do with you? Why would they want to spend time around a future that they're not trying to create. Right. So you have to like walk the walk and do, do your best to, um, connect with genuinely the people who can observe you and maybe point out some things that one, that you should make some changes, ways you should make some changes. Does, do you follow that Ron? Like is to buy that line of shit. (laughs) (laughs) More like
0: crock of shit. (laughs) I, I do, man. Like I, I have a family of origin that has a, had a really narrow view of how reality should be. And, mm. and that was a really, it just happened to be a religious community and, and it's culture that I came from. And it said like, if you can't do life in these narrow parameters, then you, like, it's not going to work out for you. And I had to, I had to exit that for me and get into a broader place. But you know, this worked for me with my own sobriety and this worked for, has, is working for me now. And, and I've had a lot of success when I've looked for the coaches and like you, Steve, I've hired, like you know, hire the coaches and some of them have worked out and others haven't right. Some of them, yeah. uh, some of them gave me, uh, a, you know, over-promised and under-delivered Sure, I'd say. And, yeah. and I have to,
1: yeah, you rolled through a lot of them.
0: Yeah, and the same, and that's what I was gonna say also with my sobriety is I had to do the same thing with um with AA meetings. Like, I had to go to a lot of different meetings to kind of find my place, to find a sure. a, a room or a culture that like fit me, and because might some, sometimes I'd go there and like this is not. This makes me want to drink more (laughs) (laughs) you bastards like like (laughs) just looking at you makes me want to drink more as the
2: opposite effect yeah Yeah.
0: and so i you know i i did a lot and i think that's something for me that's worked well is like just because i think i found the one doesn't mean they are the one and just because i think i found the helper doesn't mean they are like and i can't fault myself for doing it because we have to just try i think there's a, a thousand ways to skin a cat um but the, but what is, re, remains is consistency is the number one thing, yeah. having a guide, yeah. find that guy that works for you. And I think, I think, yeah. you know, when they feel like it's both ways, like you're stoked to have them and they're stoked to have you. Yeah. 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 But
1: even that one might not be the right thing. The process you've been on yeah, is as in what Steve's talking about, yeah. like that that repping out, try the new one, keep pushing, learning, you know, orienting yourself yeah. in the world that you are stepping into, you know, that's a process, man. It might take years, but keep going, keep trying, keep learning. That's, you know, I again. think,
0: I think I'm glad you said that. Cause there, there are times when maybe that guide or coach is in your life for a period of time and, and they help you accelerate through one barrier, one threshold. And then, and then that time is over. And I've gotten myself in trouble in particular, cause I've got daddy issues. <laughs> abandonment, and all that stuff. Where <laughs> it's Danny like, issues. I know it's fucked up. <laughs> Who can say, but it's like, you know, I I have a natural inclination to think that this new guide is like going to fill some hole in my life that mm, that sure. they can't, and it's unfair for me to think that they can. It's un and and it's you know, it would be weird for them to think they could too. But I got into some shit like that in my twenties and thirties, where it's like this person's going to take me all the way to the top, and yep. and I held on too long. Like I I. I, uh, I think Sam Lamont used the word deify uh, uh, earlier today, I deified people when they shouldn't have been deified. And I needed to remember that they were, you know, their shit stinks too.
1: Do you feel, uh, Steve, that some of your clients, cause I imagine you're more than just a physical coach. You become someone, at least to some extent that, that is talking about more things beyond just physical. Do you find yourself, playing different roles in different types of clients and different clients' life?
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, the def- they, they don't expect the the mindset component when they first come in. And I at the end of the day, I'm just trying to give guys the best possible environment for them to succeed. Um, I tell them right off the bat that, look at me like I give the analogy that I am a lighthouse. I'm not a tugboat so i can show them the way and by being a lighthouse i can help many ships safely through the harbor but i can't be a tugboat because what does a tugboat do it attaches themselves to to one particular boat and has to literally drag them through and while that tugboat is dragging the boat through it it can't do work for any of the other boats so if you're expecting a tugboat this isn't the the right program for you, but I will do my best to to guide you through, be a resource, nice. show you exactly what to do. But at the end of the day, you have to be willing to, to show up to your workouts. You could be yeah. 3000 miles away from me. I can't force you to work out. I can show you how to get the right reason to want to do that workout. Cause I could show you how to, to fit all this stuff in, into your life. But at the end of the day, you have to, you have to be willing to put in the work and I'm going to do my best to keep you motivated and, and put you in the best possible environment and give you the best possible odds to succeed. But I can't do the work for you.
1: Do you find that, that, um, clients of yours overall, um, what are some of the thresholds that they're up against, um, that you can, that maybe through doing a lot of this work, you've been able to tell whether or not they're going to be able to get through it. And can you just speak the a bit to the same kind of that?
0: thresholds that like are pit, normal pitfalls for a lot of us.
1: Yeah, I th- I think
2: some of the biggest thresholds or or obstacles they face is well time management is one. Yeah. Not knowing what to do is is another one, just how we, how to do the best with the limited time that you have. What are yeah. what are the best bangs for your buck? And for some guys, for example, I have a couple guys with really young babies, you know, babies that were born within the last couple months, so Yeah. Maybe they're not going to be able to make it to the gym four days a week. Maybe they're not going to be able to work out at all. So what's the one thing that they can do? Well, they could start paying attention to their nutrition and they could start focusing on, on their sleep. So it's a, it's a very individualized answer depending on on the, the situation and the circumstances, but you have to find what is going to be the biggest return on investment. What's the thing that you have to get handled that's going to serve you the most. And, if you have more free time, great. Then we can look at your sleep. We can look at your nutrition. We could look at your workouts. We can really, really micromanage, but the busier you are, the the more selective you have to be with what's going to serve you the most.
1: And Steve, I'm a painter and I'm going into about a four month push coming up in about a month and a half um, where it's just going to be a leveling up. I have an opportunity and the time and no reasons not to, meet the production and quality of production goals that I have. And the number one thing that I'm coming up with r- regarding what has tripped me up in the past has been essentially time management. And we'll throw the word mm-hmm. because it's kind of inextricably linked procrastination. Yeah. Um, and I've had uh, Ron and I, we, are list makers and we're learning how to make lists and get that dopamine hit of, of marking things off of lists and not have it be overwhelming, have it be consistent. And one of the the way it started for me, uh, my understanding of the sort of mental trap and um, uh, sabotage of procrastination is I would take all of the things that I had been putting off I just fucking did not want to do them, you know, for yep. for deep reasons and for mysterious reasons. And I just put them all on one list. And then I would I would like strap my, you know, tip, pull my you know the bootstraps up and just empty a day. And then in that one day, smash that list. Yep. And that was about two years ago that I started doing that. And it just came on a whim one day to do that. Well, the first time I did it, it, I learned a lot because I thought that was going to be a very difficult day. And instead of being a very difficult day, it was a very difficult day for shorter periods of time. And then it was, and then it was amazing because I I finished something and now it's not something that I'm stressed about. It's something that's done, you know, and done well. And, you get the point. So I started to realize, oh, and as I've done those crush lists through the last year, now the things that are on my crush list aren't things from a year ago, you know. They're now they're ideas that are current, and instead yeah. of a year of procrastination uh, on that list, now it's maybe something I've been putting off for a week, and when I time is kind of catching up, and I'm realizing, oh, okay, I'm ready to not put off the thing for that weird, mysterious reason that would give me joy and actually move my life forward now. And I guess I just wanted to share and maybe uh, and feel free to give some advice, but I just like, I got to do it. I got this four month period, you know, where I'm just like, take all the success and then turn it into like, let's be a professional.
2: Yeah, I love that. Well, and and here's what I find is that when it comes to physical fitness or or anything in life. Our bodies love staying exactly where we are. We love home- yes. homeostasis. Very, as much as yeah. we say we don't like it, yeah. as long as much as we say we're uncomfortable at the end of the day, we're comfortable. And changing that situation is going to require us to get uncomfortable, even yeah. if we know deep down that, that 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 next stage, whether it be professionally or, or physically or, or mentally, it's going to be better for us. We're, we're still pretty damn comfortable. And, and getting yeah. up off the couch to do push-ups is, is uncomfortable. <laughs> Know getting to the kitchen to prepare some, you know, chicken with veggies. That's that's uncomfortable, and, and Burger King is comfortable. So yeah, getting out of the comfort zone and and just being able to do the things that we don't want to do when we don't want to do them is yeah. Is, yeah. That's, if, if if I have kids someday, that's going to be yeah. the, what I wish <laughs> upon them. If they have the ability totally. to do things that they don't want to do when they don't want to do them, I think you can. The sky's the limit. Um, IQ is not the limit. Uh, be being able to, to do things that you don't want to do, whether it's wake up early yeah. or, or do the dishes or clean the house or, or make that phone call, have that conversation. You'd rather not have, those are the things that are going to, yeah. you know, consistently make you better.
0: Have you read a book called uh, brain rules by John Medina?
2: No, I haven't. Tell me about it's it. It's
0: a fun book. It's been out for about 10 years. Uh, but it's a book that I revisit maybe once a year. So I I can't name you all the, I think he's got 11 rules for the brain. Um, he's a brain scientist. And essentially what he said is what you said earlier is the brain does not want to change at all. Um, you know, a couple of things I took away from it is our brains haven't evolved from the the Savannah hunter gatherer period of, of evolution. When we were moving on average 11 miles a day, going up and over obstacles and, and trying to find patterns and, and that's what our brain was made to be stimulated by and now we're in this place where like you know we're scrolling you know i'm I'm using my hands to (laughs) to gesture the way we use a phone Mm -hmm. right now but we're we're kind of stuck in these dopamine loops and and uh we're in the the great dopamine wars of the 21st century (laughs) 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 and and one of the things that he talked about is um part of the reason our brain doesn't want to change is it's going to take more energy and yep. and it's going to take more energy to create those new neural pathways. And I think that, you know, it's, it's easy for me to think, well, I, I can't do this because I'm lazy. Or I, I start to think of care them as character defects. Right. I, I think like probably this is my culture. Like I'm a sinner. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm no good. And I, yeah. I start to feel a lot of shame and a lot of, um, other Whoa. kind of like deep emotions that's deep that's dark Ron. i know i mean i mean it, dude Fine. i mean when you grow up in a in a um hell or hell or heaven scenario yeah no, you sure. know it's yeah. it has this weird effect and uh but what john says in his book brain rules i highly recommend I you go find it he's got a pdf that you can download that's a really yeah. good reference i wrote it down oh good um we realized like hey the brain's actually just working it knows the budget of shits to give in a day. It knows how much calories it needs to be able to, to, uh, take. And the moment we try to change those things, whether it's like, I'm going to eat one less Oreo today, or I'm going to do two more reps of something or like in Daniel's case. And, and on my list today, Daniel is like my, you know, I just call it my inbox, which is all the, bills i've been avoiding all the things i need to you know need to take my attention sometimes we call it muggle work like just the normal stuff (laughs) that needs to happen um the brain's like hey i need i need some extra attention in this i need some extra effort um extra support so i try to i try to notice when that's happening because when i didn't have awareness around it it just kept happening over and over like the the glass ceiling of like i know i need to get this done and, and I keep putting it off and it's so hard yeah. what's going on in the, in the ADHD world, they say, it's because the back of the brain holds all the how. And for most of us, if you're, if we can breathe and read, like we know how, everybody yeah. knows how to get in shape. Like it's when you
2: know, you're six years old, you knew that broccoli was better than cookies. Yeah.
0: And, and the front of the brain is the, is the do. And there's a disconnect between the how and the do. And, and, and I think, you know, the monomyth and, and connections and friendship and all those things tell us like, we actually need some support in doing this. And, and so I try to try to keep a running list of like, what's going to support me through this? How am I going to push through?
1: How am I, what do I really need? That that's, that's huge, right? I don't know how much you get into this, Steve, I imagine excessively, but for, to, to notice what, to really get into the nitty gritty of why the fuck do I not get better? Why do I keep hitting this place? Why, why is my body returned to this place? What, what I've, and then, and then let's say you, you do find, you know, a, a coach and Steve, you know, and, and, and you're still kind of s- struggling and why, why can I not manage my time? Why, why, um, why, why, well, there's a lot of questions that can be, had, but just why is this not working? And one of the things that has been the most important for me is learning that, oh, there's a cumulative level of support from all of these seemingly small and potentially even even seemingly disparate aspects mm-hmm. of my life. That if I if every time I get one of them kind of improved and supportive and it doesn't take a lot of brain power for this part of my life to run and run consistently. Now that's a little bit more brain power that I can put toward and bandwidth I can put toward, you know, this, the, the just raw effort that it takes to make decisions of, of that are what you don't want to do. And, you know, it, there's almost like, I feel like, you know, the, the image that I get is when the, when the conductor is like, wants a little bit more, you know, <laughs> of, of one section is, you know, and, and it's just like, I'm like, okay, you know, my diet just needs we need to shave the corners off and get things a little bit a little bit better what's in the fridge and then the process of cooking meal prepping mise en place you know just getting the food ready and easy shopping it starts there you know yeah. like what how often do i shop oh if i do it this way i don't have to shop it's, it's like being a ninja time ninja you know but then there's sleep schedule then there's um the, you the the clothes you wear you know for me at least in and what i do there's my my stew, there's my transportation. You know, all of these things uh, are major as maybe not major, but they're they're significant aspects of life that I get, if I get supportive and working, they just give me a supportive a, a, and all of that equals a starting place to begin to make decisions that are better. You know, it's it that's why I think it's such a process and and that why people, in my opinion. Like just get on the path, you know, just just start improving one little aspect of your life after another, experimenting, having fun. Does do you get into that?
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, I I don't know if this is the exact exact answer or the exact subject, (laughs) but I'm a big fan of of measuring things. And I I really feel Mm. like when you see those improvements of numbers Mm. that will will reinforce you to want to keep keep doing that thing. So Mm. um, just to bring it back to exercise, I'm I'm a big fan of of training not exercising. And, and the difference is that training has has a purpose. You're trying to uh, reach something subjectively, all right? You're trying to, to, to get a certain level of push-ups. You're trying to uh, squat a certain amount of weight, to go back to that analogy. So if you go to the gym and you don't track your weights, and you do some exercises, after a couple months, you may kind of sort of feel like you're getting stronger. You may kind of sort of feel like you're getting better and you're going to kind of sort of want to quit because you don't really (laughs) see any major changes, but you start measuring things. If you track Mm. how much weight you lifted or how many reps you did, and you can see on paper that without a shadow of a doubt, undeniably, you're going up from from, from workout to workout, you started off pressing 25 pound dumbbells and now you're pressing 60 pound dumbbells that you were, seemed impossible before. Not only are you gonna see the changes on the paper or in the app, whatever you use, that's when you start seeing the changes in the mirror and that's what's gonna keep you going. When you see those numbers on the paper go up and you get those wins, you, you, you shoot for something week after week and you push yourself and you hit those numbers, that's when you start to really see that the changes both physically and mentally. I mean, we, yeah. we, we have this reward system. If if you're going out, putting in a lot of work and you're not getting rewarded by uh, with, the, with the calories that you're burning or the, the energy that you're spending and it's leading to nowhere, you're gonna quit. But if you can see the changes on the paper, it's gonna reinforce you to wanna keep going. And, and yeah. if, once you can find those things that you wanna measure, and improve from them week to week, yeah. that's when you'll get addicted. And that's when you'll really, really enforce those um uh you know, subconscious pathways. Yeah.
0: I'm so glad uh, you brought that up because I, I, I was thinking as you're talking, uh every time I've got into tracking my my output in some way, that's when I start to really see some traction and, and breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And even it's, e- even uh, my my early heroes in the climbing world who were uh self-described, they call themselves dirt bags guys who are kind of <laughs> out of the culture of, of society and living in caves sometimes and eating cat food and other things to like afford them the, the lifestyle of climbing all the time, they would keep Sorry. fastidious journals of their huh. progress, like really? serious detailed, like, you know, t- time, temperature, calorie intake uh, measurements of difficulty or, or duration. And and crazy journals and and another example that we could point to now in the kind of popular culture is the climber alex arnold who's famous for all the free soloing yeah he has a journal of every route he's ever done and and he has like a, a description of the entire route every little foothold handhold yeah. and all these kinds of like internal things that he's measuring as well and i think that's something human beings we just love that stuff we love we love to see it
2: yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to watch a football game if they're not keeping score, you know, you oh, the whole track stats up.
0: part of that world's its own exactly. addiction. You right? Yeah.
2: You yeah. wouldn't be able to argue that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback that ever lived. If you didn't track his Super Bowls or yeah. his passing yards yeah. or, or anything like that. So the more you can track with yourself, the the, the better it's going to be. So whether it's, tracking your nutrition so that you can, you know, see changes in your body fat percentage that yeah. you're also tracking or, or tracking stats within your workouts. The more you can track, the more you can improve and the more likely you're going to stick with it long-term and, and reap the benefits.
1: And into the <clears throat> likewise in tracking, you also notice if the numbers don't change, that's, That would make sense why you're not seeing a change in your body like like for as an artist i got into tracking the hours that i put in um podcasting and painting cool and uh i just had goals weekly goals to put in certain out a number of hours and then i can go back at this stage about a year and a half and know every week how many hours i put in on those two things and every once in a while, I go go back and and add up all of the stats and write them out and look at a year and how 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 it's going. And you know, the idea is that through a few years, and I have a, a it took me a while to get that to where it doesn't take thirty minutes a day to do that. I literally just I track about twenty five habit habits. I do it at the end of the day. Just check check off whether I did them or not. Simple as yeah. that. And oh. yeah, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, yeah, it can be as simple as marking the day where you did the work or you didn't do the work. And yeah, one of my favorite yeah. examples is Jerry Seinfeld, you know, arguably one of the best <laughs> comedians that ever lived, yeah. you know, financially one of the most successful of all time. No denying that. Um, what, one thing that he did was he just had a calendar and every single day that he wrote jokes, he he put an X on that day and he became obsessed with not having a, a break yeah. in between in between the X's, so and That's it can be interesting. as simple as that, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And finding different ways to that, that you maybe would get attached to and motivated to, you know, like a visual thing. You look at the calendar, and like you want to see a bunch of X's, and that blank spot might, for some people, Jerry Seinfeld, yeah, you know, bug him, you know,
2: yeah. Well, for sure, Ron. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, you're you've I'm sure you track how many days you've, you've been sober,
0: yeah. Hmm
2: all right yes and that feels good every single time another month goes by or another year goes by and, and you get different chips and and things like that and that that sometimes that is enough to to keep somebody sober and totally change their life it could be that or it could be how many days in a row you've you've worked out or done something uh that that has something to do with your your fitness goals and you keep filling those those x's you keep getting those proverbial chips and it'll it'll keep you on track and keep you successful
0: yeah you know one of the things that we're that we've not talked about and i think we would all probably uh have a lot to say about it is uh is what joseph campbell uh calls uh doing what lights you up and And that's, I think, a part of the human condition where not only do we need to work towards our goals and not only do we need to like, you know, stay out of the comfort zone and move into the challenging area, but without getting too far into the stress for long periods of time. But like, what is the what are the things that we can do? And this is a question for both you guys is that actually makes you just feel good that is like it, you know, I know, I know Steve, you're a big fan of pop culture. You've got, you know, the Tarantino posters behind you, you know, you're well-versed. His references and, are, are uh, on point. Yeah. 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 More please. Steve. Bring him out. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: got you.
2: I got you. Yeah.
0: And, and for me right now in this, in this time of my life is archery and I, um, uh, you know, our Lord and savior, Joe Rogan reminded me that I, uh, our or yours, uh, whatever, dude. Yeah. Um, is, I go to the
2: church of Rogan. Yeah, is uh, <laughs>
0: I, you know, he reminded me that that I at one time in my life loved archery. I was exposed to it as a kid. I shot a lot, probably most days from the time I was about eight years old to thirteen or fourteen, and and then for a lot of inner judgments and a lot of reasons and resentments towards my dad and all kinds of malarkey, uh, I got out of it and didn't want to get back into it because I had I had fixed ideas about what that would mean. And most of that was like, I just didn't want to get into dude, bro, archery culture, which was not a real, it's not, a, it's not a real thing. I thought whatever I thought yeah, it was in my head was not, it not, was doesn't it. exist. Yeah. And when I gave myself back over to it at the beginning of the pandemic, it was at, you know, wasn't climbing, um, wasn't in jujitsu, couldn't hug a man anymore on the, on the ground, uh, <laughs> and needed to give myself over to something. Archery was like, it really filled a really fun gap in my life. And it is a it is a sport and a uh practice and a meditation that that I've not found many drawbacks from. Yeah. You know? Um pun intended.
1: Yeah. Unless you're drawing (laughs) the bell. Yeah.
0: So what for what's that for you guys? Like what are you doing to to like to give yourself pleasure in a way that feels healthy? Like you're like, I'm a better person because I'm, I'm letting myself do this.
1: Right. Cause that has to balance yeah. the fucking effort part of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. that's not falling. Your bliss it sucks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, for me, but the practice right now is like, I've changed disciplines. I was shooting a compound bow and there, and there's a certain uh, quality of that. And I did well I actually competed last year, did well. And, and then a series of unfortunate slash fortune events, made me change to a different style, which is just the bare limbs, you know, like a, like which you would see in a movie. Um, and it's a way harder, way more difficult, requires yeah. much more meditation. It's a trend. That's called
1: a recurve, right? Yeah.
0: There's a longbow recurve okay. and recurve and the style I choose recurve, which is the kind of the, cool. it, it looks more like an Olympic bow. Um, uh, and it takes, it requires a, a high, 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 high level of concentration on my end. But, once that arrow is released man if it gets anywhere close to where i'm trying to shoot the dopamine button it just gets pressed big time yeah. and and as a dad and as a business person i want to get back to that in a little bit steve um you know i gotta squeeze it in when i can and so if i can if i can get up to the archery range for my place a few times a week at around dusk and get an hour in, i feel like i'm doing really well what's that for you guys yeah.
2: Well, a couple of things. Well, one, I'm a jujitsu guy as well. Yeah. I've been doing jujitsu for like eight years. I love it. It's pretty easy for me to get to jujitsu just because I like doing it. Yeah. And the reward is, you know, it's when, when you get a stripe on your belt or you, yeah. you get a new belt every couple of years, that's the best feeling in, in the world. So lately, and it's going to sound ridiculous, my, my struggle that I have to remind myself, you know, you're going to feel good if you do this, just get out and do it is, is going out and being social. Um, <laughs> I'm quite a bit yeah. of an introvert, uh, despite how I come off in my videos, and yeah. I, I find just as much joy sitting on the couch and watching Netflix and hanging out with my dog as uh, as I would most people going out to like a bar or a club. But so I have to force myself to get out and and be social and yeah. and continue to build relationships with my friends. Uh, that always makes me feel good, and it's a type of thing where you know staying inside is is comfortable, but then having to Go out in LA, find a parking spot, sit in traffic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are the things that that, that creep into your head and tell you to just stay in, just chill. You deserve it. You go to bed Mm -hmm. early, wake (laughs) up the next day feeling good. But whenever I do go out, I I always feel good. And it's one of those things. You have to remind yourself how good you're going to feel after the fact and and know that it's going to make you better so get out and do it and i I always do feel good so it's weird it's like oh yeah life life is so tough you have to force yourself to go (laughs) hang out with friends but yeah it's it's a weird thing for me so
1: it's a a real thing you know it's a real thing that it's i really think there's some interesting nuance to this discussion you know these these ideas of follow your bliss you know um that that seems like a, a that's one aspect to the to the situation of changing one's life uh i think these days it's a reductionism is like a logic fallacy you know and i think that there's a reductionism happening there it's just it's it's too simple uh not to say things can't be simple but the idea of well sometimes my bliss lies on the other side of this 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 block this mental block i don't want to do it you know yeah,
0: i think that's pretty but common then all, yeah
1: yeah. But then also that whole like effort thing is, well, sometimes I ha it's not just a decision to get up off the couch and get in the car and go. It's like the actual thing that you're doing might be not so fun, but on the other side of that is something that gives you a lot of fulfillment sure. and makes the changes that you want. Yeah. And I think the conversation around all of this is just the re a reason that a lot of people fail. I think that I've failed you know, again, keeping it to ourselves. Like is because of an oversimplification. Follow your bliss, and you're just like, oh, I'll just do this. It's like, yeah, there's a lot more to it than that, you know. Yeah. And let, let's let's explore some and and hack out some of these, some of the other obstacles, mental, emotional obstacles. Not to make it too like. I really appreciate you, Steve. Like, yeah. You know, there's a simplicity. You do it right.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's sometimes yes, sometimes no. I mean, for me, with social situations, I could just be socially mm-hmm. awkward. That's what's uncomfortable for me. I always end up having a, a good time <laughs> after I you know, get get comfortable. But um,
0: Steve, I appreciate I you bringing that up, man. I think that I think that's um, a, a lot of person. I I feel that man. I I I come across as someone who has like a lot of confidence with people, and and I don't. The fact of the matter is when I meet new people, I'm in new new social situations, I feel a lot of anxiety. I feel a lot of pressure to say the right thing, be the right thing, Mm -hmm. appear the right way. And I think a lot of times what people read as confidence is me just keeping my damn mouth shut yeah (laughs) and i'm
2: like oh shit i don't know what to say (laughs) no i'm i'm the same way my biggest fear is that people are going to think i'm i'm a jerk because i didn't talk to them but the reality Mm. is i i couldn't think of anything to say so i avoided (laughs) you it's not because i think i'm better than you like it's the opposite that's Uh, that's such a common deal
1: yeah it's such a common thing though right i've one of my this is a side note but one of my just like oh about the world is just how many times people misunderstand other people because they're just assuming, you know what? Yeah, what, hey. yeah, it's rough. Yeah. But what were you saying, Ron?
0: Uh, I don't remember. I think that. Oh, I wanted to ask you about your business, man. I um, <laughs> the three of us are all solopreneurs. You know, we're all entrepreneurs, basically on our own. Daniel, Daniel's a fine artist. He's he's been in this painting journey for a good while now, and he's getting a lot yeah. of recognition and. And people are starting to collect his work. You know, I've been a coach since 2015, and and I lived before that in the corporate world where it's huh. it's fairly easy to succeed. I mean, I like you just show up. You know, you go to the meetings. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it,
0: it's not that hard. Uh, and the and my and I'm married to a person who is a for real entrepreneur. And what I mean by that is like she is so incapable of working for anybody else. That she's been like basically fired like every time she's tried, but her, her dad is the same way. Her dad is like a real entrepreneur who like breathes, eats, and sleeps. What it's all coming out right. His it's almost like he is the product, but it's it's metamorph it's you know manifested something else, and and I've had to I had a lot of personal judgments against the business world. Uh, I felt like most people that I knew who were successful were assholes, and and <laughs> were were only in it for the money. Just all kinds of judgments like that, um, and not to say that that wasn't true sometimes. Like that was true sometimes, uh, but I've learned in myself that I've had to let go of those judgments and those preconceived ideas of what I think being successful means. And like you were talking about earlier at the beginning of the episode of pushing towards a certain business goal and then not being able to get there. And then finally going through, you, you know, you mentioned using a coach. What about the mental parts of that, that you were struggling with in the early days? I know you had a kind of a big breakthrough. You mentioned the algorithm gods shine their light up on you. Was that, was there also any part of that same thing? Maybe it feels like the part of you that doesn't want to go out was also in that business world, like kind of afraid to shine.
2: Yeah, so th- 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 this is how my business was before. So um, I discovered online coaching in uh, I want to say 2015. I started Dad Bog Solution in 2017. Yeah. I wasn't able to do that full time until like the last year or so when yeah I got blessed by the algorithm gods. But got lucky with the algorithm. What stopped me from succeeding was bef- before was that. I had this other branch of my business where well, I was a personal trainer, which means that I would run these group workouts. I would wake up really, really early in the morning. I'd wake up at 5 a.m. to do 6 a.m. workouts uh, three days a week. I'd work from 6 a.m. My last workout was done at at 8 p.m. So Uh, I wasn't working nonstop from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., but I'd have like weird gaps in the middle of the day. And, and basically that was making me enough money to just be comfortable. I mean, as comfortable as you can be in, in LA, which is, it's a very, very expensive city. <laughs> so that being said, I was working these 14, 15 hour days and giving me just enough income to to get by and be comfortable. It wasn't forcing me to, to uh, put more time and, and do the things necessary to launch a whole whole other business. So looking back, what I should have done was hmm. stop doing the uh, the in-person training yeah. or just drastically reduced it and got uncomfortable and hmm. forced myself to bet on myself and say, all right, yeah, you don't have this guaranteed income because you're not running these boot camps or you're not uh, traveling around the city from person to person. But if you cut that in half and then force yourself to start making more content or or reaching out to people who are interacting with your content to mm. to sign them up as online clients, then I'm, I'm sure I could have could have done it, but I never forced myself mm. to to give up that guaranteed income. And I think that held me back for a long time. Yeah. And then you know, I'm one of the guys that the pandemic actually positively affected me because yeah, I was, same. I was forced to just, you know, sit in my apartment, what am I'm going to do, or mm-hmm. right, I'm going to start posting on Instagram every single day, I'm going to join TikTok and start making TikTok videos. And when I was forced to to stop working with people in person, I did the things that I should have been doing years before. And that's what finally led me to, to success. So I think you if you really want to succeed, you have to be willing to bet on yourself and, and not take the guaranteed income and, and, and force yourself to, to maybe work for free for a little while or, or yeah. save up some money so that you have a little bit of a safety net. So, you know, hindsight's 2020. And I did have some some luck come my way, but I think if you want to succeed, if you don't want to be, you know, tied down to corporate America and working for yeah. someone that you don't want to work for and, and have a job that you don't want, you have to be willing to, to do those those things that aren't guaranteed
1: you know i don't know if this is going to be too just off the wall or something but it reminds me of this story that uh came from green uh matthew mcconaughey's book um about everything we're talking about um but he he was doing rom-com after rom-com after rom-com right yeah i
2: heard this story it's crazy
1: yeah this is cool and and he was very successful and he was married, like he was living a good life. No one would have thought that anything of it. Like he's at 10 out of 10. But the truth was, according to his book, that he didn't want to do those, they weren't fulfilling him as an artist. That's an old story. We hear that a lot. He was typecast. But I don't know. Me, I would think, yeah, you're typecast. But if you really wanted to, you could just do other movies that would be more fulfilling. But that wasn't the case. And so he made a decision uh, in his life to. That he was not going to take another rom com, hmm. and the next movie he would take was going to be one that would be fulfilling, and um, and check all the boxes for him, and it was intense. Like he didn't, yeah. he just didn't get the offers, and meanwhile, like two years, yeah, oh, right, really? exactly. I haven't heard this and, story, yeah. Oh yeah. And the last aspect of that. So he wasn't working, Hmm. he wasn't getting new offers, but he was getting tons of offers for rom-coms and they kept jacking up the amount they were going to pay him (sighs) to where it got ridiculous. I don't know his numbers, but it was like, it was a lot more than he had ever made. And it got to the point where he was really like, he was like, fuck man, maybe I should just do this one. And then he, he just talked to his wife, you know, sat on it and he said, no. And then he sat again, and then what happened is he got Dallas Buyers Club and won an Oscar, and oh, then he was, he was like, "Boop, totally different life." Was that before hundred, or after yeah. he did True Detectives? Before it, it all started with, as I understand, okay, it. okay, yeah. But what were you going to say, Steve? Yeah,
2: I was just going to say, yeah, he, that's the ultimate example of of betting on himself and knowing he had abilities that went beyond. I don't know. Yeah made in manhattan or whatever yeah. <laughs> rom-coms he, yeah. was, he was in i don't even know if he was in that one but that, yeah. i but i understand yeah he was in my eyes he was a rom-com guy he was in like seven of them and all in the period of me being in in college from like 2001 yeah. to 2005 so yeah. good on him it's it's worked out for him
0: daniel it reminds me of um uh, something you and i come back to a lot is what's our values are we following our good values call. and good and it would be hard as hell to have Millions of dollars waved in front of us <laughs> with a little carrot, big it's ass golden carrot. To do that, and, well, yeah. And that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. But to Steve's point earlier, like sometimes you got to like you know eat that shit a little bit in the sense that it's going to be painful and uncomfortable, and you're going to feel out, let loose in space, and work for free for a while, or do do something that makes it feel hard but really does lean into your values more than anything else that you the way you truly want to be.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um some of my biggest successes have come from from working for free. And it's yeah. it's a tough it's a tough pill mm. to swallow, but you just have mm. to have faith that it's going to work out. Like when I first started as a trainer, I trained people for like $15 a session, which is essentially Whoa. essentially free. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh that doesn't get you very very far in LA, but I, I made a deal with my clients. I said, all right, I'm essentially going to train you for free $15 a session. Yeah. But you have to tell all your friends about me and they would post on Facebook. And before you knew it, I had a, you know, full full clientele of, of, of awesome clients. So, um, I I think what, what that shows is that if you, well, it's, it goes back to, I think it was a, a Zig Ziglar quote, if you know who he is, um, He said if you if you give enough people what would they want you'll get everything that mm. that you want and that's kind of how I I live my life Zig Ziglar said it then there's another series of books I forget who wrote them off the top of my head but it's called The Go Giver huh. essentially the more you give out the 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 more you get in in return so yeah uh, that the more value you put out into the universe without getting woo woo or or anything like that that the more it seems to to flow back to you so that's what I try to do
0: Beautiful. Man, Steve, I've really appreciate your time today, dude. This has been really good. I th- I thank you also for just telling us being a little bit more vulnerable about your own, your own life and personality and talk about yeah, some of the course. things that have been difficult for you. Um, I am, I'm impressed with what you're doing. I've seen, I've seen your content. You, uh, are funny, dude. I was going to put you on the spot and make you tell us some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> do you, I mean, last question. Do you, do you, Cause you come across, um, in your content, two things that really stand out to me. Number one, I love that there is no bullshit about your stuff. Like, uh, it's so disheartening yeah, to see yeah. a, uh, especially in the fitness world, be like
1: yeah. something
0: in the part of like, uh, the things you're doing are the wrong things, uh, but there's one secret that you need to know. That's gonna, you know, change everything. And they fucking not tell you the secret you know, until you go through the paywall yeah, yeah. or the email thing or something. And I think that's why I always really respected you was that you just, uh, you bring a lot of value right away. And, yeah. and then the other is like, I, I value humor quite a bit and I mm-hmm. am funny yeah. sometimes. Occasionally my family may disagree <laughs> with that. Uh, sure. and I would love to be funnier, especially in my public persona, but I, I've not been able to bridge that gap. I don't know how to do it
2: yeah but your shit is um, good
0: dude like you're you're do you write a joke do you like how do you come up with your content
2: thanks man that's that's in my genes i was uh i was class clown in my high school nice uh, so, I the introverted
1: say, class clown I yeah
2: no it's funny like well I, I was i was comfortable uh you know giving teachers hell in high school and <laughs> making my friends laugh um and then i, I went through a whole bunch of training in los angeles i went through upright citizens brigade uh, oh okay improv Holy shit. And all sketch right comedy yeah and that, that oh, was whoa. that was the chapter in my life that wasn't successful me trying to break into <laughs> the, the acting and comedy world but yeah. i was able to parlay that into a yeah. a, a, a form of fitness content that you guys are enjoying and, and, uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to bring, bring to you. So it's fresh, yeah, so. man.
0: I mean, it really is fresh. Like there's plenty of, there's plenty of cra- uh, whip crackers out there who are like, get your shit together and, and you're, you stop being a lazy asshole. And, and <laughs> I don't know, man, they're the way that you come across is like, Hey, if you got 20 minutes and here's a joke and you know, and it's like, I always feel, really good watching your stuff so it's a it's a light out there man appreciate that yeah
1: and to have that in just like closing closing uh ceremony here you know our comments to have that be supported by uh a not whip cracker but you know that voice you know ron and i talk about the inner table you know that of the voices in our head the aspects of our psyche you know that that all need to be heard you know to make you know full decisions in life that's just my opinion uh, but it seems like you have a strong uh, sense of i need to do this, I need to do that this uh at this time and to essentially crack the whip at times, but also um you're having you're delivering it with a- another voice in another part of your 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 life you know um from your past that is around performance, and I personally appreciate that I think that that bringing bringing that inner you know, in my words, the inner part of yourself that wants to perform, that wants to, or that is outgoing in this one little way to, to get that into your life is an example of, of almost a shadow self that gets to be out in the world. And then it's actually supportive of your profession. You're, you're pulling, you're putting a lot of, in my observation, a lot of pieces together. Um, And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but um, Ron and I wax a little poetic. We wax a little metaphorical kind of storytellers that has its own charm and, and value. But I think what we, you know, the Steve Lusk voice, uh, that part that you do do the thing at the right time, you know, that's kind of a voice that, that I think Ron and I are listening to right now. It's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on. And, um, you know, I just appreciate, you know, you showing that to us. It, it's personally motivating. and and meaningful
2: yeah thanks so much Daniel I appreciate that yeah I'm just trying to be myself in these videos I mean like like you said the information's out there people people know what to do you know that you should probably eat a little less and move a little bit more and I just want to deliver that message in as inspiring and entertaining a way as as possible just by being myself and and telling it like it is
1: cool that's what I think you're gonna find Ron I think that you're like finding that do you feel that i know this i'm not to branch out in another conversation but I, <laughs> i've had that feeling about you ron i feel like you're that humor that storyteller like getting that part of you with your is what you're doing right now i think it's why you're having more success yeah. I, yeah. if-
0: I hope so i mean it feels like it. it feels like the real part of me is coming out a little yeah. bit more yeah. yeah i've had a lot of barriers to letting people see the part of me that i want people to see yeah, A lot, a lot of fear around that for sure and it's and it's in yeah. process, man. Yeah. Uh Steve, where can people find you?
2: Yeah, find me on Instagram. Find me on TikTok. Um, on Instagram, I'm dad bod under underscore Steve. And on TikTok, I'm dad bod Steve, all one word. I'd appreciate the follow. And, and just so in case anyone's
0: wondering, up. Steve does not have a dad bod. The opposite. <laughs> the fucking awesome opposite of a dad bod. <laughs> so nice, well done, man. dude. All right. Appreciate you, man. Talk soon. Yeah.
2: Ron, Daniel, thanks so much for having Absolutely. me, guys. Yeah, I you bet. For sure. Right. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Thank Take you, care. Man.
0: DadBot Steve, anything but a DadBot, I say.
1: <clears throat> How did that go for you?
0: Um, that was really boring. Just fucking hated that every minute of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was we need to talk about that, Ron. So most of that was because of you and let's hash that out a little bit. Probably
0: it wasn't enough about me to be honest. (laughs) Wasn't (laughs) enough enough. (laughs) about me. Nice. Uh Steve's uh Steve's um I, I mean like I try to delete the people I follow on a regular basis. I try to delete the number of people I follow on social media. Oh yeah, uh regularly. So that my feed is cleaner, my, you know, less of my dopamine's being robbed, yeah. and and his is one of those contents, those channels that I'm like keeping, keeping this stuff. Really, um, and it's not that I don't even do his workouts. It's not that I even like go see his like 20 minute arm blaster or something like that yeah. and go like I'm gonna do that. It's because of his like his humor and his lightness and his and he's got a sense of um, uh, inspiration to it. Like it's it feels really motivating in a good way and. And it's just a little reminder to like, oh, I can squeeze in a little bit of something today for my health and fitness and, and myself and have some levity to it at the same time. And versus like, you got to get out there when your inner bitch doesn't want to let you do this and you got to push <laughs> through. And, and I'm, that, that messaging is a little bit tired for me. and It's not working. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's refreshing about Steve is, is he's, he's found his way. He's found his, his way to do it. It's, it's nice. It's a breath of fresh air.
1: And he definitely has, in my observation of him, that part of him that does crack that whip, you know, but it's not the whole thing, you know, Yeah, it's not the whole, he's not that archetype,
0: you know? No, not even kind of, I mean,
1: and I, I think that's, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I mean, his, uh, I mean, what's interesting is I think what we didn't see before meeting him is I didn't realize how much of an introvert he was. I I know you don't like those polarizing words, introvert, extrovert, but but uh, he's the extent
1: to which he is introverted. Yeah. You know yeah. But he,
0: he carries himself, Um, you know, his persona, his, he's got a good performance facing persona. And then obviously he's got a thought, yeah. very thoughtful persona yeah. as well. He's really thinking about this stuff and, and man, it was really enjoyable. I'm, I, we covered a lot of ground. I wish we could have gotten a little bit deeper on, on the personal struggle of, of especially being an entrepreneur. Cause that's hard as yeah. hell. And he touched on it a little bit, wish we could have gone a little bit deeper. But um, you know, he's great in conversation.
1: Yeah. I mean, all of the stuff that we talked about before that part still spoke to that, you know. I mean, yeah, how how you get through these thresholds that you don't even know are there. You only sense them. Maybe yeah. you don't even sense yeah. them, you know. Yeah. It's like sometimes I'll meet someone, met someone recently, it was an old friend of mine, and he was talking about feeling anxious and he didn't know what to call it. Mm. He barely registered that it was there. Yeah, He was telling a story about his past um, and a time in which he discovered he had been experiencing anxiety. Mm. Mm. And he was like, I didn't even know what the feeling was. I didn't know what to call it. (laughs) And the feeling itself was affecting my life substantially, but I had, he wasn't putting a lot of attention into the anxiety. He's not a person who like feet, you know, we'll put a lot of attention on the the thing that hurts, you know, Mm -hmm. but not doing that was causing him to not be aware of it. You know, it was, it was a sub guy was not in his field of vision, you know, in his sensory experience. And once it did start to come into the center and into focus, he goes, Oh fuck, this is, this is uncomfortable. I get it now. And then he was able to tease that out. And I think that that's kind of what we're speaking to around all of this is, you know, how do we change yeah. and, and how do we change when we don't even know what's tripping us up? Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, yeah. I don't want to and I don't want to uh, make it sound like uh, I didn't like the conversation because we didn't talk more about how difficult oh, it is. Oh, no, I don't yeah. get that feeling because he, Because you're right. He talked. He did talk about a lot of what we think is success. Right. Is like I need to yeah. put a lot of effort into it. No, actually, a lot of success is thinking about all the little steps that need to go in and creating yeah. time and bandwidth around it. And that yeah. scales for anything. Like our bodies, our fitness, our relationships, our yeah. interpersonal relationships, uh, our businesses and everything. And and you can tell he's done the meaningful work around that to to understand what it takes and to have awareness yeah. around it.
1: It's funny. I was a little nervous about about this uh, talk today with him because,
0: you know, because you don't like, have a six pack and in, in, in huge. Uh, actually, you do have a six pack. I don't have one. <laughs> anyway, go keep going.
1: Hey, awkward. No, no. Um, uh Is um, hey, you got to try those jokes sometimes, and sometimes they fall flat, man. I'm Total support of you making a, you know, shitty jokes to get Fuck to off, that goal. Get back to your point. <laughs> um, so, uh, I I think that I, I was nervous a, a little bit about today because I booked him really fast, you know, oh, yeah. and I sent you a quick text, and I was like, and and you were like, book it, and as I got into uh closer to it i was like oh shoot you know i don't really know we did talk to him before but i didn't really know how deep he would want to go and if if he would be too much fitness guy mm-hmm. you know because you and i you know we're starting to find our lane more and more we're, we're you know we we are kind of storytellers and we're leaning into that and i i love one time you you said to a guest that we wax you that you wax poetic and metaphorical sometimes and i really appreciated you saying that mm. Because I was like, "Oh yeah, that is Ron's jam, you know that's the way he's an artist and a writer and mm. a creator. Mm. And you know'm I'm, I'm learning that you know, as we lean into this more, this part of the of the discussion is called the field dressing, we're kind of looking back at the conversation and, and not just the conversation with the person, but also how you and I converse and what, how it's meaningful. And I really appreciate uh, learning how to be more ourselves, yeah. with a guest. And not being taken more by where that guest might go naturally and inviting them along as we are often invited along with guests. But this one really felt like we we like invited Steve to talk about a little bit more of the underlying um, aspects of what he does. And clearly he thinks about it. Clearly he had articulation around it. And I really I just want to say I enjoyed that conversation with you. I actually think it was... Um, one of the more valuable conversations for me personally, because because of that, I think that you and I individually and as in doing what we're doing, we're trying to be more authentically us, you know, yeah, especially when the world is trying to push us in another direction, yeah. you know, and it's that no more Mr. Nice Guy stuff that, that you've been, you know, speaking around a little bit. And I just, I think that that was a, for me personally, a successful conversation. I really enjoyed it. I I liked a lot of what he said and I thought it it got better as it went along. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel any of those things too, but a hundred percent,
0: man. Absolutely. And I I mean, the, you know, Steve's journey is, is I think like a lot of our journeys in the sense that we, we go out and we think it's going to be one thing, right. He went to LA with, I mean, number one, the fact that he just glossed over the fact that he got into upright citizens brigade is like, that's its own kind of big benchmark. They don't let anybody in, in there to do that. And huh. that he spent time in there—that's a big deal. Uh, it, which which explains his ability to have humor perfectly. Because <laughs> if you look at his content enough, you're like, huh. that's some thoughtful humor. He's not just, uh, this is an cool. off the cuff stuff. Um, so we we start out thinking it's gonna be one thing, and then we have to, we end up somewhere else, and then yeah, and hopefully sure. if we're integrated, like I'm trying to every day with with letting go of my people pleasing, codependency, nice guy shit, yeah. and into more of who I am, allowing my humor to come out, practicing my jokes on people oh, who do don't it. appreciate my shit. Do it, do it, do <laughs>
1: it. <laughs> I've got tons of lack of appreciation for you. All you need.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, it is, is, you know, hopefully we, it begins to come together in a piece that is like Damascus steel, right? It's like, you see mm-hmm. the different pieces of steel all melded together. <sighs> We're well together. All right, guys. That's it. This is a great episode. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Daniel. Definitely. Appreciate you, Steve. Thanks, and bro. today's episode was produced in part by our new friend, Sam Lamott at Square One Studios in San Anselmo, California. We hope to be doing some more fun stuff with you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Sam. I I, I was a little confused as to whether or not we could actually ask you a question. To uh, <laughs> uh, re- I was searching for a word one time, but... Um, this was awesome, and thanks for the space.
0: You guys are more than welcome.
1: <laughs> and he just showed us up because his voice is like... No, it's too much. Ten oh. times better than in oh, you're lives, too but. sexy, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Adios, right, Thanks, Ron.